Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Hey folks, and welcome to the next episode of Dyson Robs. Of of Dyson Robs. Um, a show about conversation and chance and luck and the wonderful spiralling tangents that conversations can go on. The basic idea, guys, is I roll two dice. We come up with a number between 1 and 25. And Rob, our other Rob, has a list of topics. We pick that topic and we go for a wander through stories and memories and conversation. Absolutely right. Hello, I'm the other Rob. I'm Rob Wickings. Um, yeah, it's it's just an excuse to have a bit a bit of a chat, really. On a well, t- today we're recording on a Sunday morning. I've had my porridge. I've got a coffee in front of me, so hopefully that'll um, spark the synapses in the correct directions. Um, so yeah, Rob, why don't you um, roll away and we'll see what we're talking about? Okay, here we go. We come up with 16. 16. Ha ha. My superpower. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, this could be fun. Um, me and Rob are both enormous, uh, sci-fi geeks, comic geeks, um, all that sort of good stuff. So <laughs> that, 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 that was one that sort of instantly came out of me. I figured we both needed to, um, talk about well, do we have superpowers? That's that's the question. Is it what is the like the question is what is your superpower? Or if you had a real superpower, what would it be? Yeah, and why, I guess as well. Yes. Um Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I would say, do I have a superpower? Um well, well, the the obvious answer to that is no. I am not super strong. No, no, I I do not have laser vision with the ability to burn my way through um, walls or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> I think what we're talking about here is is more a kind of that that sort of thing that you can maybe do that other people find more difficult to do, or, or mm. um, that kind of thing. Um, I'm very good at disappearing into the background. It's not necessarily an invisibility thing, but um, I, 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 I often manage to, su- to surprise people by sort of appearing when they're not expecting me to be there. If mm. if you see what I mean, so it's it, you know I'm I'm pretty much six foot tall. I'm not I'm I'm, I'm tall and slim, but you know that that's, that almost helps with protective coloration. I guess I can sort of I can I can appear and disappear quite quite easily, and because I'm quite a quiet chap normally as well apart mm. from obviously um when i'm recording podcasts there's that ability to be quiet and sort of just appear in the moment when i'm required and, fa- and fade out when i'm really not required i think that there's an element of, int- of of the introvert in me as well there as well in that you know i don't have to be constantly making noise or you know being the center of attention i can sort of disappear like like homer simpson in that in that, in that episode where he mm. sort of walks backwards into the hedge i can kind of do that sort of zipping and disappear yes weirdly this is a bizarre memory into my head but i don't know if if you ever read the hardy boys stories as a kid um i'm aware of them i'm not i, I probably would have read a couple of them because i was a I'm, I'm a voracious reader so yeah yeah hardy boys and, and nancy drew that sort of stuff i was heavily into the hardy boys Right, right, right. Um, heavily into them, and they th- now this is going to be a deep dive, but there's a point in the Hardy Boy stories in which things take a really dark turn. Okay, so they go from being like, "Well, who old man Jenkins has stolen some shoes?" <laughs> to being their girlfriends are blown up by a terrorist. Oh my god! And they go down a dark path, 
and they end up working for some sort of vague shadowy government organization. Wow. This is all, this is all canon. Um, and he ended up working for someone called Mr. Gray. Okay. Uh, and Mr. Gray, he's, he's, he, every time he's described, he's exactly what you're saying. He is just forgettable. Ah. He's just, everything about him is just slightly gray. And he, and every time they, they bring the guy in, he turns up and sort of, you know, gives them a mission or something like that, you know, he becomes that kind of character. But he always goes to him, just being a bit like, you'd forget, your eyes would just glaze right over mm. if you saw him. And it always, it always struck me as a really kind of handy, like, real-world power. Like, it's not even visible. Mm. You just kind of forget. Yeah, like I mean, that, that's, that, that was always something that fascinated me about James Bond and that sort of thing. The fact that you had this character um the whole point to espionage and tradecraft and things like that is that you are you can disappear into other characters you can be um what the mission requires you to be whereas james bond is always just like hello i'm james bond bond's james bond hello there i'm, I'm going to drink lots of cocktails and uh ah oh, hello fancy woman I, I i think you and i are going to be together later aren't we ha 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 <laughs> a terrible James Bond accent. That's that's the worst Sean Connery I think I've ever done. But there you go. But you know what I mean. It, it, it's like spies should be should not be what James Bond yes. is. I mean, he always always he's like the worst spy. He uses a real name. Yeah. Um, if we ignore fan fiction about uh, him being James Bond being a code name. Yeah. But like you look at something like uh, I know Bourne. Like Bourne, but his very nature is about people who are. In the background, you turn up your spies. Whereas, and it's all very kind of, you know, secretive. Whereas mm. Bond is just literally, I blew up a building. <laughs> oh, the worst spy. Oh. oh, James, you got yourself on the front page of the papers again, mm. didn't you? Um, you know, that, that would probably be a sackable offence if you were actually working for MI6. If not, get you banged up. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of sleep powers for me, mm. mine are oddly... Oddly specific here. So, <laughs> you know, that doesn't yeah. surprise me actually, but yeah. 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 You know how, like, uh, you're in the office, you're, you're working at the office, and that there's a bizarre game that develops of can you throw this paper into the bin? Right. You know, like a bit of paper, throw it into the bin from across the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know the one. I, ne- I never miss. Wow. It is this bizarre. I am not good at sport. Anyone who knows me is I am not good at sport in any way, shape, or form. But this is the, somehow a paper into the bin thing. I can just nail it. I can just nail it. I, and it extends. We, my wife and I were sorting out laundry this morning. I managed to nail all the socks into my daughter's drawer from across the room. It's just this bizarre, really detailed talent I have. It's no use at all. But I, I, can, I never miss. It's really cool. That's really cool. But you couldn't translate. Other, other sporting games, basketball, terrible at. Forget it. So you couldn't translate onto the court or, or anything like that. It, it's, it'd have to be almost domestically oriented oriented for it to work i'm, I'm okay at frisbee but that's, that's okay my powers, my powers get me mm. but yeah it, it, it's i can just it's only like small light things give me like a hardball basketball but no like bit of paper yes pair of socks yes it's this you know it's a bizarre talent everyone has interesting interesting because I, I mean obviously things like like scrumped up piece of paper has a, has, a, has a very specific kind of aerodynamic property mm. to it as well i mean i'm terrible at that sort of thing but yeah that is absolutely that that's kind of like my kryptonite if you want you know if i throw something mm. at a bin it's is guaranteed to come off the rim and pretty much back to my feet again it's just like yeah it's, it's like the universe saying no no you failed at this one mate sorry well, thing, you scale it in any direction any any direction it doesn't mm. work for me but that that one I can yeah. that i can lick my enables 
you can lick your own eyeballs. Elbows. Elbows. Ah, okay. Um, one, of those, one of those things people say, no one can lick their own elbows. How yeah. the hell do you do that? I'm, I'm actually here now. I've got my hand round the back of my neck, and I, I, I can see my elbow, but there yeah. is absolutely no way... That uh, point in my body is getting any is going to get any moist at, at this point in time. Um, it, it comes from two things: one, right. a willingness to absorb a lot of pain in my shoulders. <laughs> Fair enough. And two, a, a abnormally long tongue. Well, um, not like freakishly long, but you know, long enough. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's one of those things you often see people can't lick their own tongues, um, but I, I lick their own elbows. But I yeah. can. Those are my well. two real world powers. Useless. <laughs> But there we are. See, I, I, I'm sure there's there 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 are certain members of the readership uh, and listenership who would sort of say an abnormally long tongue is a superpower in and of itself. <laughs> but that's going to go down a, a conversational route that's probably not appropriate for this time on the Sunday morning. I can morning. always reach the bottom yogurt pots. I'm just saying, you know, yogurt pots, you know, muller lids. I'm all over that. Wow, that's brilliant. No, see, see that that now that spoon action for me. Um, ah, yes. Although I, I'm quite prepared to get my finger in there. Yeah, that's well, not a problem at all. We are diving far down a dark path of <laughs> innuendo here, guys. So I'm wow. going to pull it back a little touch. Wow. So, moving mm. from the real world into fantastical. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what, if if I had a superpower? Yeah. What, so, what, what am I... Tr- no, I'm not, it hasn't got to be like I would have Wolverine's powers. Right. But some sort of... I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not talking about omnipotence here. You know, like something that's you've seen in popular culture. Something like, something like that. Something that's, you know, within the realms of, you know possibility like being oh, god okay. doesn't count no that's very but what i was going to say actually is um the one thing i always wanted to the, the, the you know it, it is kind of a non-real world ability but the the idea of bilocation the idea of teleportation being able mm. to instantly be like and i tell you where it came from is 25 years of commuting just absolutely, you know, <laughs> just absolutely did it for me. The whole notion of, okay, I have finished my work day. I now wish to go home and I wish to sit in front of the telly with a beer and just chill out for a bit. In order for that to happen, there is an hour and a half to two hours of boredom and effort in front of me. Mm. Why can I not just bamf in and bamf out, do a night crawler and just like, here, you know, I'm done. Here I am at home, and yeah. a quarter of a second has, has, has gone past, and I just think that'd be absolute. That that would be the the joyous thing. I I, I completely understand that. I think you know, it's it's, uh, it's one of those things. Like uh, it's teleportation would be so useful. Just be able to mm. just, just you know. I mean, things like I live in Shropshire. Rob lives mm. in, in in Reading. We yep. recording person. Hmm. We. I, I, all right. I'm, 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 bye, Sarah. I'm going to go and. Uh, Record Rob and punk, I'm suddenly running. Suddenly yeah. commuting and holidays become this bizarre thing. Now, weirdly, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Man in the White Suit. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Alec Guinness. Yeah, Alec Guinness. So they do have, basically, it's about a man who invents like a white suit that is durable, doesn't stain, all these kind of like a perfect suit. And it's all about how this utterly destroys the sort of the model of, of suit production and like, everyone hates him. The boss is hating, the workers hating, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I remember when, way back in the day when I think sci-fi magazines used to do like a writer's um, submission thing. Which, yeah. Which, uh, humble brag, Rob 
won a few times. Um, I did, yeah. True, true. I never did, but I did write a story for them once about how someone invented teleportation and how it destroyed the world. Mm. Because suddenly, border controls don't happen. The entire yep. airline industry's gone. Shipping's gone. Cars disappear. And the amount of industries that get utterly destroyed in teleportation exists. Yeah. Um, and how this radically shifts the entire... One, one invention just radically shifts the entire world. You know, you can teleport to Mars. Suddenly, NASA's gone. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it, it was that kind of taking that idea, of like, oh, what happens with this? And just taking it to its final conclusion, I really enjoyed. But I, 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 mm. I love the idea of, like, of these things. But that's always why I kind of enjoy, like, the thought experiments that come around X-Men. Like, if someone like X-Men existed, it would... Like it would destroy the world. Yeah, if, mm. if, if someone's telepathic, how like the, the, the actually genuine telepathic that changes the whole world. You know, you, like courts change, no one can lie, murders, like, everything changes. Mm, absolutely. I, I mean, it's not necessarily dis- well. When you say destroy, what you're meaning is a radical yes reinvention of of the way things are. I was reading an absolutely fascinating article about um, autonomous cars mm. the other day, and how if if driving changes that radically, so you know, you basically just get in a car and the car will take you somewhere. A the way cars look and work will change completely. There's going to be none of that whole sort of, you know, you can't sit in front of a wheel and guide it. So it's effectively going to turn into a room on wheels. Mm. Um, and what that is also going to mean is you're going to start thinking less about travel and more about um, having stuff kind of come to you, even though you're going to it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're effectively going to be walking into your, into your, into another front room and, 20, 25 minutes later, you'll be at a restaurant. Mm. The restaurant will be there. The restaurant will effectively have come to you. And how that changes things like the high street and retail and all that sort of thing is is kind of a, a really interesting sort of thought experiment, really. You know, if transportation becomes something different to what it is now, how does that have knock-on effects up and down the line. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 every, everything changes at that point, really. And, and you know, transportation is obviously this huge employer. Taxis, you know, taxis mm. is a big industry. Haulage is a huge industry. Like, and it's one of those things that a lot of like, I, mean, I think, like locally, like we, we have pizza delivery, food delivery people. Like, that's an industry that goes away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Once this stuff becomes affordable and everywhere, like, it, there's a um, quite a well-known video from CGP Grey about. Uh, about the AI revolution and how it's going to impact the world, and it is mm. like it's if this. I mean, this. I mean, obviously, this is big ifs around because none of this technology actually exists properly, fully deployed yet. If this comes yeah. off in its own way, like the revolution that my daughter's going to see in her lifetime is going to be huge. You know, yeah. there's a genuine chance. My, my daughter's what you know, she's a toddler currently, so she's uh, she's under three. There's a genuine chance she will never learn to drive. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, you know, it's, is that necessarily a bad thing? Is that necessarily a good no, thing? It's certainly different, but it, it's th- no, it's- it'll be 13 years till she can even start. And like, yeah, know, Tesla's already doing some really amazing things. Um, and they're not the only ones. Oh, I mean, yeah. Um, the change in the automotive industry over the past five years has just been extraordinary. Mm. When you, when you think about how, how, like when the first Nissan Leaf came out, it had a, a range of about 50 miles. That's, they're now talking that's, that's, you know, that's gone up to easily sort of 250 real world. Yeah. 
And what you think about the knock-on effects of that, of that as well, if it, you know, even if autonomous stuff is probably 30, 40 years down the line, um, electric cars are mm. definitely not. And the whole notion of refueling becomes something different again. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, it's not just a case of pulling into somewhere, sticking a, uh, you know, hosing some petrol into your car and then disappearing again within four or five minutes it's going to take you half an hour yeah. in which case you need somewhere to sit relax read a paper have a coffee whatever while that happens so that means the forecourt radically changes as well as someone who's done a lot of driving up and down the country if this came along mm. and it just across the board improved services I, I would be hands yeah. down up for that. <laughs> I've experienced a lot of yeah. services over the years, and uh, some of them are shocking. And if this was to be that the driver that actually you know, turns that around and makes that something that's worth looking at, then then I'm totally on board with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, but, I mean, there's a few that are sort of out, outliers of actually being quite pleasant. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, in the most part, they are definitely somewhere... They're, they're refueling stops for in, in every sense of the word, aren't they? There's somewhere where you stick some petrol in, you get a, a coffee or a, a Burger King down your neck, and then you're back on the mm. road, and that's it. And you get in and out as soon as possible. They're not designed for you to stick around that. No, no. But that'd be so, like, for me, mm. superpowers, I don't know. Like, telekinesis has always applied. I think mm. seeing Star Wars in the early age, the whole Jedi thing, be able to move things with your mind, that has always been an appeal to me. Um, but also, yeah. I'm quite lazy, so you know, bringing you know, bringing things over to me like that, that appeals in a, in a good way. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to say that, but yeah, no, I, I absolutely get what you're saying there. It's just like my my beer is over on that side of the coffee yeah. table. I am sat here and I have the cat on my lap. Therefore, it would be something of an issue for me to move to get my beer. If I could just do the whole sort of reach out and the beer slides across the table into my hand, that would be mm. a good thing. Um, so I'm 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 down for that. Though I think if I'm if I'm being brutally honest, flight mm-hmm. it would be flight, Light. flight, 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 flight. Yes, and it's entirely selfish. Like, like it, it, I, I, it wouldn't change the world. It wouldn't all that. But like just to be able to fly would be immensely fun. It'd be immensely fun for me. I think I get a lot of that, and I, mm. I, I would go full wings. So not you would do the yeah. whole sort of I. I Angel from the X-Men Angel, kind yeah, of like, thing. Like, Superman, that's fine, whatever, you know, like that kind of flight is brilliant. But I think genuinely if I had like full, proper, unfurl these wings and a fly, that, that that would be the dream for me. <laughs> well, that's that certainly, it's, it's, it's almost going back to the commute again, isn't it? Well, that changes the commute completely mm. again, doesn't it? I'm obviously, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a furry. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's not what we're <laughs> oh, about. God, no. I'm, but, I never suggested you would do. That's one step too far. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think, I just think like, be able to fly around would, uh, mm. would be, that'd be brilliant. Just be able to just take off and, and say, it would be, like, the commute would be brilliant. But also just generally, I think, being able to kind of, just fly. I think that's the one that, if mm. hands on heart, for entirely selfish reasons, I, I, I'd go. Don't you think there would be an element of you, you'd need other powers sort of stacked on top of that as well, like the ability to breathe yeah, in I mean, air or uh, sort of uh, slight invulnerability to, to adverse weather conditions? Yeah, I, mean, I think that when I say flight, I, mean, I, I would bundle that in the in, like, like I can fly and also survive <laughs> flight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair you know, enough like, then. Yeah. Bundle all of that together a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that's. 
Yeah, I mean, because that's also the weird thing about the X-Men powers. It's just mm-hmm. the whole, like, if you start thinking about it deeply, you're just like, how, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the X-Men at their best are, are actually quite good at kind of looking at the upsides and the downsides mm. of, of the superpower as well. I mean, you, you look at someone like Cyclops. Yeah. He has this amazing sort of, you know, you know, the, you know, the power to sort of zap through walls, but at the same time, you know, he, he, he can never sort of see the no. world normally, if you like. So, so that kind of, you know, that, that kind of push pull tension it has always been something that's made that kind of the X-Men universe just so fascinating. The fact that there's always a downside to, to any kind of perceived advantage. I think that's the thing with something like Rogue, who is probably one of my favorite, my favorite X-Men, is that she's got this amazing oh. power to do lots of really interesting things. But at the same time, she can't touch anybody. You know, she can't have that physical yeah. connection. And I, I, I like you, I think that, that I mean, that's where X-Men's at its strongest, is when it explores that kind of, I'm all powerful, but everyone hates me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, hate and fear is all, yeah, that's almost part of, um, that, that's, yeah, that, that's the sort of thing that always appeared in the, in the credit block for, for any X-Men mm. comic, you know, sort of protecting, protecting a universe that, a world that hates and fears mm. them. Yeah, I think that's, and that's maybe why that comic itself particularly stands out to me in ways other things like, I don't know Superman, which I've never really kind of mm. connected with. Um, but I think like also like, and this is, we're going to talk about movies as always, like the MCU. I have never yeah. overly connected with Captain America prior to the MCU. It's never been one. Being right. British, like Captain America was very sort of patriotic in a way that the Brits aren't. Um, and sure. about another country. And that kind of do-gooder, like I'm, I'm so Superman-ish, nothing can hurt me kind of thing, never kind of gelled with me. And it genuinely sure. took the MCU when they kind of avoided America and came probably to start to see, actually, you know what, like this guy out of time trying to reconcile being a good man from the 40s in the modern era. Like that, that mm-hmm. whole thing suddenly really connected me. And I'm like, not that I'm out of time, but like for the first time, I really kind of started to understand, see past that kind of, I know that, that reaction I have to that kind of the perfect Superman. Uh, and really mm. started to sort of really enjoy Captain America as a character by seeing where the flaws lie. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's always the Superman. I always considered to be probably the most difficult character to write because how do you know how do you effectively give, put an obstacle in the way of mm. a god, which is effectively what it what he is. You know, so so it's about almost like thinking round the situation obviously you've got the kryptonite thing but you know there's only so far kryptonite can take you and it almost comes down to situations where superman has to think his way out of yes. the problem rather than punch his way through it well i mean i, I do another show with my friend sam called the prestige about movies which you've been on with i believe mm-hmm. um and yeah one of the things we discuss there often with the marvel movies is they just always end with people punching each other Fancy, yes. beautiful looking yeah. with powers, but it almost always ends with someone being punched. Mm. And I think, and I'm currently introducing my daughter to Superman, watching some of the early Superman films. Yeah. Um, and like he solves problems in such interesting ways that don't involve punching somebody. Like, literally this morning, we watched one where he like, freezes a lake and drops it on a fire. Yep. And I've all, I think I've always enjoyed with any comic, any kind of um, 
any kind of uh, superhero media where they take their powers and they do something else with them. Yeah, they're using them in a thoughtful way as opposed to just just the obvious kind of apply violence to problem, problem yes. goes away. Because often um, that w- w- I think we all know in the real world that sort of situation doesn't apply. You know, you apply violence to a situation, it doesn't solve the problem. No, and I think that it's 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 very interesting. I very much enjoy when any kind of um, somebody kind of just does it a different way, or even like shows they've thought about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I mean, have you seen Endgame? I have seen Endgame. Yes. So, very brief spoilers for Endgame here, guys. Mm. Um, very brief, very much. There's a scene in which they're fighting, and Thor uses his power to charge up Iron Man. Yes. And this is something we saw back in the first Avengers, but it happened by accident. And in here, they've clearly built something into the suit to let them do it well. Mm. And I thought, you know what? That's such a lovely moment because they're actually, this thing's happened. They've learned from it. And mm. like, wrong using the, the, the lightning powers to be smashy, it's actually smashy. Like here, it's, like it charges someone out, but it, 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 like, it's such a, another way of doing it and showing that they aren't just, you know, each punching in turn, they're thinking about stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's another, moment sort of for slightly further down that sequence where they're having to move the infinity gauntlet off mm. to, off to where it's going to go and be safe and you've got this whole it's almost like a, a sort of sporting moment where you've got got it being handed off like, like like a rugby ball or something from one hero to another hero and they're kind of using it as, a, as almost like a yeah you know, you know it's like it's like a run at the goal and mm. again, that's that's really nicely done because it's it's thought out and it feels like a, it, it almost feels more like a gaming moment than it does a sort of movie moment. Yeah, it, it, it's it's it's. I bet I enjoy that. Like you say, it's when it's when it isn't just smashy smashy. Um, yeah, I, I like that. And then X Men, I've, I've read for God far too long in my life now. Um, <laughs> twenty years, which I yeah, won't even touch some community, but twenty years been reading X Men, various forms. <laughs> Um, and I always enjoy when they find something that isn't, isn't just smashy smashy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Apply so. some thought and, um, yeah. And, and, and that, it's, a, it's a more satisfying conclusion that way, I think. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So da- down that, that road a little bit then. So who is your favorite superhero? My favorite superhero. That's, ah, now that is a tricky one, actually. Um, you can be specific and say this character in this movie or this show, or you know, um, if you want to be detailed like that, you go for it. Uh, I'd uh, I'd struggle to keep it down to one. Um, if if, if I was going to do a list, it's fine. <laughs> Are we talking specifically superheroes? Because if I was really going to be completely honest with myself about favourite kind of comic style character who's got some powers but not necessarily powers i'd probably go with judge dread fair enough yeah, reason I'd, bit yeah i, I, I think I, i'd allow judge dread as a um as a superhero in the loosest possible terms yeah absolutely i mean he's 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 dangerously close to being in well he's not invulnerable invulnerable necessarily but due to the sort of the future that he lives in he's he's very um sort of hot you know, he, 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 he doesn't hurt easily. No. He'll survive stuff that you know any normal person just absolutely would not. And with things like the recyc technology that they've got, he's the, the the amazing thing about the Judge Dredd story in 2000 AD is that they've they allow him to age in real time. So the Judge Dredd that we read about today is actually 40 years older than the Judge Dredd that we read about back in 
well i certainly read read about when i was like nine ten years old mm. um but because of the technology he's he's able to be rejuvenated and you know he's still got the scars he's still got that in, enormous slab of craggy chin yes. but you know he 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 doesn't age in the way that normal people age mm. uh, so he's got that kind that that element of invulnerability about him but he's also got these amazing this this laser like focus on the law and the law being the right thing regardless of whether applying the law is actually right for the situation or not he's just like no mm. you broke the law therefore you're going to jail yeah, yeah. No, you're off to you're you're off to the ISO cubes, regardless of whether what you've done has any kind of context to it. He is the ultimate lawful neutral character. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there's there's not an element of evil to him there. And as what's what's been happening over the past four or five years is that the writing on Judge Dredd has become that much more mature that they really are exploring what it means to be a judge, what it means to have that kind of uh connection with an almost addiction to the law and mm. what that can necessarily mean so that that's just absolutely fascinating the fact that you've got this this thing that's been rolling for you know 40 40 odd years and it's still coming up with meaningful things to say about justice and society in the context of a dumb piece of you know, you know so, uh, uh, i'm not going to say dumb it's not dumb at all but you know a, a short and simple seven page weekly comic is just mm. extraordinary i think it, it, it's that kind of i think both and i are preaching to choir a little bit here but uh movies and comic books that are often derived as kind of like pop pop fluff i suppose mm. can really have some incredible depth especially the comics i mean i i'll always remember a um a uh comic with wolverine in it way back yeah. Um, yeah in which there is a a young boy who's mutant powered manifest and basically are quietly destroying a town mm. um he people are like i can't remember that but like he is destroying the town and they send in wolverine and rather mm. and, and rather than being you know he wolverine being berserk he just goes and sits with the kid and explains what's happening but also wolverine kills the kid mm. and he just says you know this is Unfortunately, you, you, your powers aren't. You're not going to control these powers. This is what they are, and you will eventually spread them through the world. And he just sits quietly and kills them. And it's like it's incredibly brutal story. Mm. But it's it's a weird kind of in the middle of you know X Men where you're dealing with aliens and stitches and all this sort of craziness. A really human story. I really like that when they they, they do something different with them. Mm, definitely. And there's uh, with that. There's always the argument that. Actually, maybe the kid could have learned to control mm. his powers, but he's, he's not going to get that opportunity because Wolverine's come in and decided, well, actually, I, you know, I don't think you can. Therefore, it's, it's, it's the big sharp metal middle finger for you mm. then, Sunshine. But it was just, it's just like, it's just, you didn't even, you didn't even see the, the, the death, but it was just really kind of like sad and small and it's, Sort of, it dealt a lot with like Wolverine and what it is to be Wolverine, and to realise that you know at a certain point this is part of what Wolverine is. He is the person who has to do these horrible things mm. because, as he often yeah. says, what he does he's the best at what he does, and what he does isn't very nice. Yeah, and very true. Sometimes yeah. that is you know it's it's the horrible stuff, and even he knows it's not very nice. And like yeah. it was, yeah. and I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying that, that, that Wolverine was right in the situation, but it's that kind of like it went somewhere 
actually heartfelt. And I haven't seen it myself because I've got a toddler. Um, but uh, Logan, I'm told, is equally in that same kind of vein, the movie. Yeah. It absolutely is, and I can absolutely recommend it. It's an extraordinary piece of work. Um, it's, it, you know, it, 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 it ties up the story just so beautifully. Mm. And, you know, it's, it, it is incredibly violent in places, yes, but it's also really elegaic and it's kind of, it's got these small sad moments. It, 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 it does feel a lot like, um, like, like one of those great seventies westerns mm. where you know it's not going to end well, but at the same time you've got you've got a, someone who's made a lot of very bad choices in their lives, kind of making one last moral stand. Mm. And I I, I I very very strongly recommend you you try and have a look at that, Rob, because it is it was one of my favourite films of when of the year it came out. It's very much a thing you might watch list. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as many of our listeners will know, uh, when you have a small child, like the opportunity to watch films just, just shrinks, shrinks, shrinks. Um, and then I watch movies in like three or four sections. And I, like, I look at people like Rob who, who don't have the problem. I'm like, oh, you enjoy lying. Yes. I've been up since yeah. Oh God, lines are great. I'm sorry, but there you go. Um, y- you, <laughs> you were going to mention your favourite superhero. Yes. Um, see, probably it's going to be Rogue. Rogue has okay. been my favourite superhero for 20 years. Um, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, I like the duality in that character in that she can be incredibly powerful, but there's also this real sort of streak of sadness with her because she can't touch people. Um, I like her personality. I like the, the sort of the Southern gal that she is. Um, yep. I think that, that will always be the one for me. Um, will be Rogue. In terms of, and that, that's comics. Um, uh, I don't think the sure. movies have served Rogue very well. No, um, I agree with that. I really like Anna Paquin as, as Rogue. I think she was great as Rogue. Mm-hmm. But I think the writing and the character arcs for her were there to support that character. Um, yeah. I think, a bit of a tangent here, but I'd always, I always think that the X-Men films, as much as I like them, clearly had favourite characters and stuck with them. Oh, well, you've got the whole Wolverine thing where they're basically sort of spotted Wolverine and, uh, and knew they were good. That's, that's where the franchise yes. lay. So, um, Wolverine and, and Magneto and Professor X, those, those are their big, um, sort of big, sort of big players. And they're trying to bring over in, um, in Dark Phoenix now. But I think, the Rogue, I felt misserved, but in the comics, I've always really liked Rogue. In terms of the movie world we live now, um, I'm torn. I'm torn. Mm. I think probably Thor overall, okay. but overwhelmingly yep. the last two films he's been in. So in Ragnarok and then the, the dual Endgame Infinity War. I enjoyed him in those two more than I've enjoyed him in the early movies. But if, I, yep. if, I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm going, if I'm going really to my core, I think my favourite movie superhero is Blade. Ah, good choice. Now, yeah, a Marvel that... film, but yep. not part of the MCU. Um, although yep. I, I would absolutely adore them bringing that in. I, like, if they drop like Blade into Endgame, I'd be like, fucking yes. Um, but I, mm. like, if they were to canonize that, I'd be over the moon. But I think, to be honest, especially Blade 1, um, I think it's just a, a, a stylistically amazing film. Wesley Snipes has made a lot of dross in, in his day. I've made at least one of them with him. But um, <laughs> I think his casting as Blade is perfection. 
Yeah, and he fought for that one yeah. as well. Yeah, that 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 was a real passion project for him, and I absolutely agree with that. I think he's 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 absolutely brilliant in that. Um, and I just I just really think like the first blade is they're all. I mean, the third one gets a lot of stick, but I've got a lot of time for it. They are all three. Each one is a wildly different film. This is the one previous to it. They take the mythology mm. in weird and interesting ways. They do a lot of interesting things with the characters and the side characters and the bad guys. And I just think I just like. I'd stick Blade on any day of the week and think that's a cracking movie. It's a cracking yeah. movie. I think Blade, yeah, Blade's one of those, one of those movies that it, you kind of browsing through the channels and you spot it's on and it might be halfway through it and you just sort of go, right, doesn't matter. Yep. Put it on, put the remote to one side. I'm sitting there and watching the yep. rest of this. Fantastic. Thank you very and much. The opening scene, I mean, those spoilers here for an old movie that everyone should have seen. The opening scene in which he goes into the vampire nightclub and they sprinkle it out of blood. It's just such a, I mean, both Rob and I are, are, are visual filmmakers. Um, mm. It's it's such a visually stunning moment. That whole opening fight scene is just such on the money. And yeah, I just I just oh, I watch Blade now. Screw, screw yeah. My daughter can watch me. She can learn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. She'll get over the trauma. I'm sure. Yeah, she's seen all of the Evil Dead films. Really? When she was like a month old and couldn't see more than like five feet and couldn't hear. Um, I, I watched them all for, for the prestige with her on my lap when she slept. Um, but yeah, no, she, she's, she's in theory seen all those films, but, uh, we don't Yeah, she, yeah she's probably sucked them up subliminally, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Terrifying. Oh, oh, top parenting. Yeah. I'm really impressed. Um, oh, yeah, please. Like that, uh, me. Yeah. If, um, if I was to give you one live action superhero that I probably like the best, um, I wouldn't even go for the movies. I would be, I would pick, um, Charlie Cox's performance as Daredevil in the Netflix series. Cause I just think he's, he absolutely knows the character in that. Weirdly, this is weird. like my second favorite cartoon character, a comic book character is Daredevil. Yeah. I love Daredevil. Yeah. 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 Didn't like the show. I've got really? three hundred oh. into it, and I just thought I just, I just yep. didn't care. And like, I look at everyone oh. and I think, yeah, you're spot on casting. Everything somehow yeah. it just did not connect with me. I don't know why. I don't know whether the, whether the Affleck burned me for his his film. Um, which yes, is, yes, I'll, it, I'll always enjoy Colin Farrell as Bullseye in that film. I think he was brilliant in that. Um, mm. But Affleck was wrong casting for that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Although, again, that come that came from a place of passion. You know, but Affleck was very, very much into the Frank Miller kind of style Daredevil, which which again is what the the, the Netflix show um, built on very, very strongly. But now, I, I genuinely thought Charlie Cox just absolutely nailed it. I thought I think the casting in general is just brilliant. Um, uh, the guy that played, uh, Foggy Nelson, Eldon, mm. something or other, I can't remember his second name. Um, uh, Deborah Ann Wall, um, from True Blood as, Karen uh, Karen Page just really just nailed that sort of vulnerability and, but the steel mm. at a core as well. Uh, it, uh, and, uh, uh, and Vincent D'Onofrio as, as, as as the kingpin just absolutely nails it the whole thing i think just is is really well done i mean it's, it it kind of suffers from this the sort of thing that all netflix shows suffer from in that the storytelling can be a little bit extended and you sort of feel that they're they you know they've got 13 episodes but they could tell the story much much mm. more succinctly than that but the, but that's 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 an issue with with the way those stories are told but no charlie cox's daredevil i i just thought was it 
it, it, absolutely fantastic. And it, it's, it's head and shoulders my favourite of that, the sort of Marvel TV universe, if you like. Yeah, I don't know why I'm trying to rack my brain to think whether I've ever actually... I stuck with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for about four seasons. Yeah, yeah, I'm still very... Um, but I yeah. I, I've never really got on with any of the TV superheroes. I've never watched any of Marvel. I never watched Jessica Jones. Never watched Luke Cage or Iron Fist. I watched some of Arrow. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, since since uh, Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher in the nineties, <laughs> um, I don't think I've watched much of uh, TV superheroes. Wow. You, it seems strange because like superheroes, like I'm a, as I said, like, I'm a big comic book fan. Mm. I'm racking my brains to think of a superhero TV series that I've actually kind of stuck with. Maybe not. No, no, I think I'm probably the same. I mean, I've, I've got friends that are massive advocates of the whole Arrowverse and sort of rave about it, you know, the whole sort mm. of Flash thing. And um, apparently Legends of Tomorrow is supposed to be excellent as well. That, that was sort of almost Justice league kind of a thing. But mm. I'm, I'm, I have friends who aren't exactly the same, who are just like, that they are all in for this whole universe. And, and at this point, it feels a bit sort of intimidating to try and jump into it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think when you're sort of seven, eight seasons into something, it's kind of like, well, you know, maybe not. Yeah, I'm I'm sure I can carve my own path for something else. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it for us for another week, guys. Thanks ever so much for listening, um, Rob. Um, let us know where we can find you on the social medias. In the social medias, uh, genuinely. Well, I mean, right now, none of them. Brave, um, like it because uh, I, I am taking a extended break. Okay, Twitter. cool. Um, and but overwhelmingly Twitter. If you want from me anywhere, I will be on Twitter at Rob Kaiju. But I am currently in the process of taking a month, if not two, off from social media. Um, partly through having a bit of Game of Thrones spoil for me recently. Ah, right. and I thought, you know what, spoil for a little bit. Um, it's been brilliant. I, I, I've missed entirely Eurovision. It's been wonderful. Oh, mate. Oh, well, um, yeah, that was drama. That was big drama last night. So it, it, one of those things passed me by entirely Eurovision does. I've never gone with it. And like, this time it, everyone loves it. And this year has been lovely because just, I, I just saw it last night and went, oh, and carried on. It wasn't brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, so, but yes. Twitter for me. What about you, Rob? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much about Twitter. Um, you can catch me as Konohito. That's, um, C-O-N-O-J-I-T-O. Um, I do a little bit on Instagram again as Konohito. Um, and that's about it really. I, yeah, I would love to have Rob's tenacity at being able to walk away from social media, but I am such a tart for that sort of thing, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, I am too, and that is half battle. <laughs> well, it's half the battle uh, won by the sounds of it, so good for you. Yeah, well, well if, if it ever comes up on the dice, then I'm sure we can discuss it at some point. Amen. Right, okay. That, that might have to be the replacement for this particular um, slot in the list of 25. Yeah, if, if you're all 16. So, guys, you can find us this anywhere you find podcasts. And if you do like this show, it is a, uh, a thing we love doing. So please tell your friends about it. Please spread the word about the show. Uh, we are only new. We are only getting going. Uh, but mm. we would very much welcome any kind of input and any comments or thoughts you have find us where we've said you can find us yep absolutely yeah thanks for listening guys and uh, see you see you soon bye